0: To Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold I'm your host Ansonia and with me this evening I have two wonderful guests the founders and administrators of Be Powerful Ministries we have Elder Brian Hurt serves as the music director for the Lighthouse Church of All Nations he is a seasoned and accomplished musician with a passion for musical excellence and Bridget Hurt has an extraordinary gift that ministers to every individual who hears her sing. She's known internationally for her electrifying and soulful voice as she captivates the hearts of the audience. I want to welcome this dynamic couple to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. Welcome, Brian and Bridget. Yay! Yay! <laughs>
1: Oh, thank you so much for having us. We truly thank
0: appreciate you. it. Well, I appreciate you coming on and telling my listening audience about the gospel, the goal that you're adding to gospel music. Now, Brian, I've known you the longest. I've known you for a, a very long time. It's It's been wonderful to watch you grow and develop. And can you tell me about your beginnings as a musician?
1: Honestly, my passion was ignited at the Christian Fellowship Church with Stan Pearson. He was—he uh, was actually a musician. He turned singer. He was a drummer and he sung with ECC. James Chambers in the Ecclesiastics Community Choir. Mm-hmm. And as a child, he used to take me around to around the city of Chicago to different musicals and different workshops and different venues and expose me to a lot of gospel music. I really didn't—I I thought. The, the extended gospel music was my church, Christian fellowship. But <laughs> I didn't realize it was a full industry out here. and i uh, once I got exposed, I started seeing a lot of. Uh, that's when I met Ryan Ellison. Um, I met the first drummer that I met with e- ECC was Leslie Sanders, D'Artagnan Gun. Uh, then we, we went to West Side with Kevin Bronson and things like that. So I, that really sparked my interest in playing. So Stan really ignited a passion and a fire for me to, from playing drums at that young age at oh. 11 years ago. 11?
0: Isn't that yes. wonderful? And then when you learned, when you began to learn to play the drums, did you ever go to school for music?
1: No, everything I've I've done has been by ear. Okay. Everything I, I learned and watched people and, you know, study people and, and watched people who, who's gone before me and then understand, and then that, that took it to the next level. When I, um, I I went over to the Valley, and then I met Rose Harper. At the time, New Christian Valley. I met Rose Harper. Then from that point, Shekinah Glory was formed, and 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 the rest was history. Shekinah Glory took off, and then we began to travel, and we did so many things. Um, and, and God just really blessed, and br- He breathed on the project because we know what God's breath is. There is life, and He really breathe some life onto that project and really allow me to fulfill each and every one of my musical dreams through the Shekinah Glory Ministries.
0: Mm. Okay. All right. Now I'm going to, I'm going to transition over to Bridget because I know at some point your paths crossed, but I'm going to talk to Bridget for a second. Bridget. Tell yes, me, ma'am. Tell me a little bit as if I don't know who you are and whose child you are. <laughs> tell me a little <laughs> bit about your beginnings in gospel music?
2: Well, I started out at my dad's church, uh, singing with the little children's choir, and then um, kept going up the ladder in the church. And then I got noticed by a man named Ricky Dillard at the age of 15. And he asked my dad's permission to uh, join At at the time, it was Ricky Dillard and the New Generation Chorale. Mm -hmm. And my dad gave him a yes, and then Ricky took me under his wing and trained me as a lead singer, and I traveled with him. Then after uh, singing with Ricky, I started singing background for Marvin Sapp, Dawkins and Dawkins, Fred Hammond, and did some things for Donald Lawrence. And then I started a solo career, and God has really, really been blessed since then. And um, in 2000, I think it was 2004, I had my first church as a minister of music, and that was uh, the Rock of Ages Baptist Church with Pastor uh, Marvin E. Wiley. in Maywood? Uh, I- Yes. <laughs> now you—you
0: you almost have you step back a couple of steps because you never said who your father is.
2: Woody James Campbell okay. Bishop James Campbell. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, yeah. Um, and starting out with um, Pastor Wiley. I, I was never minister music at my dad's church, but I did learn a lot from there. But a lot of my Training came from being on the road and watching and observing, and then having the opportunity to serve with uh, Pastor Wiley, he made me tough he <laughs> He taught me a lot <laughs> taught me how to be organized he ta- he taught me a lot so uh that was that was my first uh experience being uh a minister of music, so it was a true blessing and then God has been blessing ever since.
0: Okay, now I'm going to swing back to Brian. Brian, where did you learn your discipline to be um, a musician, especially for a, if I'm not mistaken, Shekinah Glory was a new startup ministry. Is that correct? It was. Tell me how
1: you. Honestly, with Shekinah Glory, well, I learned a lot with Stan because I still stay connected with Stan. and we, we turned out to be family because my uncle and his sister, they had a baby together. So we already considered ourselves family. So we, we stayed connected and I learned a lot from him, but it, the thing was Shekinah kind of glory. We weren't professionals. We were just people who loved to sing and play who just so happened to record. And we were all learning as we went along and, the more experience we got, we were all learning together and we grew together. We made mistakes together, but I, I learned a lot. I really cut my teeth with of Gori traveling, and I did all five of the projects, and we traveled throughout the world. And it was a it was a wonderful experience, and I learned so much, and I've grown so much, and that's why I evolved into from just a drummer to a music director, and. Pastor Dan and I, we have this running joke. It's it's a joke that we say. Sometimes we we think God didn't choose us. Everybody just left, but He had no other choice but to but to use us because uh, the, the other music director they left, they went on to other things, and, and I was the last man standing. So they put me over the band in charge of the band for kind of for all the road trips and things like that, and they transitioned to my position at the church at the Valley, and and God just continue to bless that way
0: okay now this is I'm gonna throw this out here and ask both of you to give me your experiences because you've both traveled abroad talk to me about and actually I want each of you to tell me your experiences because I'm sure you had different experiences in traveling abroad but the very first time you were offered the experience to go tell me what was going through your mind Talk to me about what you were, what you planned, and didn't actually come true, but was better than what you expected.
1: You go first, back? Well, my first experience traveling abroad was actually not with kind of Glory. It was what Pam Morris put together, what she called the Chicago Gospel Choir, and the late Kelvin Lennox, Rosna Sanders. They were over the group. They just gathered a lot of singers from around Chicago. That, uh, it was Rosalind Kelvin Lennox, Gina Thurston, Valencia Lacey, uh, her niece Nisi, and if, if Chris Bolton, my buddy Michael Miller. The musicians were Alvin Carter, Mike Thurston, myself, and John Owens on bass. So I was 20 years old at the time, and we went to Italy. And I re- that was my first time overseas. And you remember how the Chicago Gospel Fest used to be back in the day when it was just thousands and thousands of people out there?
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Their concert was huge like that. They treated us like celebrities. We were signing autographs. People wanted to take pictures. I, I was blown away <laughs> because we took for granted over here in the States. It, it was a rarity over, overseas. And their appreciation, their hunger and thirst for gospel, gospel music was unreal to me. That was a life-changing experience for me.
2: Mm.
0: Mm. And Bridget, how about yours?
2: Okay, let. I want to be clear on your question again, so I can, because <laughs> once I get to talking, I talk too much and I'm I want to stay on course.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what I asked was your experience the very first time you got to experience going over overseas, how you felt about it, what you thought it was going to be. If you were, you know, and what you got out of it.
2: Okay. So the very first time I went overseas, huh, I think it was with Jesse. No, it was not. I was going to say Jesse Dixon, but it was not my first time going overseas to um, sing i think i was a guest with the soul children of chicago um and it was very different because it was a lot of young people um so that experience was just it was different but it was it was the holy land excuse me it was the holy land so i will never forget going to the holy land that was an experience that i will never ever forget but as far as um going overseas as an artist I went over for the first time in, I think it was 2004 when I first started working at Rock of Ages and I was able to take, I think 20 people with me Mm -hmm. and I'll never do it again. (laughs) So that, it was too many people. It was my first experience and you are dealing with different personalities, different spirits. So I kind of got a feeling, uh, a feel of how the, The mainstream artists, when they take people out of town, it's like, okay, you got to deal with this person wanting this to eat. They don't like this to eat. And, you know, it was just different. So as I went back in the years to follow that, I scaled down and then it became amazing. The first time going um, by myself as an artist, it was stressful, but the the ministry was amazing and how the people received the good news of the gospel um, its just it's something that I've never experienced in the United States because their love for gospel music is totally different and their appreciation is totally different than here in the United States and I love it and I really can't wait to go back
0: now this is something that as many years as I sang I never had the opportunity to go overseas um, which is fortunate but unfortunate for me but mm-hmm. I, I do hear and I've, a few people that I've interviewed that have gone overseas talk about the love and the appreciation for listening to gospel music where, Brian, you said it a little while ago. We take it for granted here in the United States. We take it for granted here in Chicago, which is the gospel capital of the world. And we take so much for granted So when you think about that and you look at the people as you minister to them, because I don't think of it as performance. I've always looked at it as a ministry. So when you go there and you minister and you see people, tell me the. Because you can't affect people without being affected. You get what I'm saying? So tell me how that made you feel being able to minister to people through music.
1: It, it it lets you know, it, it gives you a great appreciation for, um, first of all, the opportunity to even that God will use you mm-hmm. to be an instrument to bless somebody else. And another thing I'm going to back up for, for your first question too, you cannot go overseas. Every time I go overseas, I don't care what hit song is out, what praises what I do with that hit song, um, and all the different artists I named before, Gina and, and Kelvin, all of those, they had their hit songs out. You cannot go overseas and not sing Oh Happy Day. <laughs> <laughs> they want you to close oh every happy. every single set, every single concert. They, If you're not singing Oh Happy Day, they will say Oh Happy Day. The, the crowd wants <laughs> to hear Oh Happy Day. Now I, listen to me. Them people love Oh Happy Day overseas. No too they sure do
0: yeah i was talking to brian jones and he told me that that was that was their go-to song and he said no anthem if you don't sing oh happy day that's it.
1: you <laughs> have to sing oh happy day
0: i think it's because they put it in movies but that's just me
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. probably so but but back to uh, piggyback i mean to go back to your other question just the uh it's a privilege and an honor to be used by god and many people take it for granted and take it lightly But every time we get the opportunity, whether it's overseas abroad in your church service with 10 people in the audience or 10,000 people, it's a privilege and an honor Mm -hmm. to be able to be used by God, I feel. That's
0: right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I will. um, Bridget, tell me about your
2: experience in ministering. I absolutely love it. Um, It's it's just it's a it's a different feeling standing up there um, singing you, you would take your time and me personally i don't have to go over there and growl and ah, ah, ah. <laughs> don't have to do all that you would just stand flat foot and just sing and they appreciate it they don't want to hear that because they will put their fingers in their ear if it's too loud mm. and it's just it's amazing you have to go you have to go one time at least experience it one time cuz it's amazing okay it and really and then um afterwards to just feel the love of the people and some of them it's hard for them to explain what they just felt they would explain it by saying goosebumps or chills or just crying um and they just they and And I just want them to know it's just the Holy Spirit, you know, Mm -hmm. but their way of explaining it, oh, my God, I just got chills and chills and my arms bumps, bumps. So, (laughs) yeah, it's it's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful experience.
0: Well, I think that sounds fantastic. Now, I'm a wonderful backup singer, I can tell you that. Anyway. (laughs) 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 But moving more into... The Ministry of Music. This is what I've been saying for years. Uh, I sang with James Chambers and Ecclesiastes Community Community Choir. I can't even get it out. For over 12 years. And the very first time, I was was telling somebody about my first time singing with ECC. And they had just finished an album. And we had two weeks before we were going to hit the road. And go on tour, and James said to me, "I didn't realize I was auditioning, because I was just there for a rehearsal to hear what was going on." And James said to me, "You need to learn this material in two weeks, so mm-hmm. I I had to learn all of the material on the album, plus a couple of the other staple songs that ECC sang, and I tell you that was something rather interesting." So Bridget let's say you're going on tour, you get new backup singers. Tell me about the process that you would go through first to audition them. And then how would you present that material to them?
2: Mm. Well, it would kind of uh, mirror what I do now with the praise team at the church as much as I can because uh, our pastor has such a heart for people. Um, and, and he's a musician himself, but he has a heart for people. So we have to be really, really careful how we handle the people at church. But in order to sing on the praise team, you have to do a voice assessment. Um, and you can sing in the choir without doing a voice assessment, but because you sing on the microphone, you have to do a voice assessment and it will be the same way. With me, I have to make sure that they can hold their own. And the way that I do it, I have them sing something, and then I I have them sing something, and I jump in on a harmony part. If you lose your part when I come in singing harmony with you, you just you're not gonna make it because <laughs> how, you gonna, how you gonna harmonize and keep your part, you know, with the group. So, um, and then there's times, especially during this pandemic, where I would send them a new song and they had a couple of days to learn it and we would rehearse it on Sunday morning and sing it for the Sunday morning service. So being on the praise team, I expect for you to be able to find your part and sing your part. And that would be the same way with the background singer. I would expect you to be able to hear your part, learn your, learn your part and sing your part and execute it well. So, Um, there's a a quality of singer that I look for. And I really, when I do concerts and and whatever I do, if if it was a tour, I don't like to have to come to rehearsal to have rehearsal and tweak parts. I like to come and have a run through. So you will really have to know what you're doing when you sing with me because you just, you got to go. Now at church, I do take time and uh um, make sure that their parts are right because that's different. You know, that's that's church. But as far as a tour and concerts and stuff like that, if I give you music, it's up to you learn it and then we come into rehearsal because I need to focus on what I need to do as a lead singer and then, you know, trust somebody else to make sure that the background is together. Okay. Did I give you too much?
0: Uh-uh, that's I, I cuz I was going to ask you to break down voice assessment in case somebody didn't understand what that meant. But now I'm going to turn to Brian and ask, so Brian, you've got a new band. You've got to yeah. put a, a whole new band together. Tell me your process in bringing in a new person.
1: Well, it all depends on what it's for. Somebody for, for a church band, if um, somebody say, oh, I'm interested in playing for the church, well we we already have people on the Sunday morning band, but we have additional services, and we do other events. so what I would do I would just do an assessment to see where their skill set is, and whether or not we have room in that position because you know we can always use a guitar player, but we got a ton of drummers and a ton of keyboard players, so that's for church. I will assess them and see okay. I, I, is that somebody that We want to give God our best to Because being a musician Most of the time that's a paid position mm. And we have to make sure You meet the criteria Where you can you can hold the service by yourself Keyboard player You need to be able to carry a service by yourself Now if I'm selecting somebody To play behind Bridget Because most of the time I put her bands together
2: Most of the time All the time, all, all the time
1: I put her bands <laughs> together And I don't
2: need no drama Because I got <laughs> Right.
1: already so, and I got an MD right so I'll, I'll put a <laughs> band together but it's most of the time it's people who I already have a relationship with I already know their skill set mm. so because that, that's very important just because somebody can play it, I mean it, it's a lot of people can play a lot of people you won't talent. even let
2: me pick a musician honey. I can't <laughs> even pick my own musician if I, if I know somebody can play and he don't know they can play I can't even pick my own musician that's how that's how strategic he is we putting together
1: a band like for real because you have to have the right relationship mm-hmm. the right personalities and all of that that has to mesh. in in addition to your skill set in addition to what you're doing on stage or in the church service or in the moment you have to be able to vibe in jail and your personalities have to connect off stage as well mm-hmm. because a lot of times you can have someone amazing talent but the attitude they late. For They don't learn the material. They don't show up on time. <laughs> all, little, all the dots have to
0: connect. I, I'll tell you a little quick thing that you don't know about me, but I'm also a musician. Come on. And, really? <laughs> and I was doing a, well, my husband and I used to run a nonprofit theater company, and we were doing a gospel musical. And I believe, Brian, I think your mother came to the show. I'm not sure. I think a few people from Christian Fellowship came because uh, Stephanie Taylor's mother put together a group to come out to the show. Okay. And um, I had written some songs for the show, and we had this young man, so i talking about the chemistry. So he had this young man, he was the youngest, and he was a keyboardist, so he was going to be one of my backup keyboardists. And uh, we were playing the music, getting together and doing rehearsals, and he decided he didn't want to play what was given to him to play. And... He made a really smart comment to me. And I said, baby, you're you're playing music that I wrote. So I know what you're supposed to play. And he looked at me really crazy. So I understand about the being able to pick the chemistry and talk to your musicians. So Bridget, I know where he's coming from when he, you know, he has to pick the musicians and know because they're going to spend the most time together. So that they can be tight for when you standing there in front of you know you don't want somebody sitting behind you playing and messing up and yes. it'll throw you off because that'll pull you out of out of your ministry mm-hmm. and then you'll be and you'll see Brian throwing six at people. No just kidding.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: but go ahead, you were gonna say something.
1: No, but but that's pretty much how I how I pick a band it, and it all depends on what it's for. Cause it, you, one person could be great for church, but for a concert or for a recording session, it, it, everybody has different styles and everybody brings something different to the ta- to the table. So it all depends on what we, what we're working on.
0: Okay. So since you brought that up, I'm gonna add, I'm gonna, I'm gonna piggyback on that and ask you a little bit more. So you say a musician has to have a style for recording Correct. A style for a session,
1: but because- a recording session, uh, a concert, and then a church service, or if if it's like she just did a, a virtual worship concert. Okay. Um, well, the musician we picked for that, Jason Tice. He can play anything, so that, that doesn't even count. So he, he played. He can flow. He can do it all. But s- some musicians they're great in a church service. They're great in a moment, but when you doing a recording. The recording picks up every single thing. So if you're doing a run and you're not landing all the way and it's not clean, Uh the the tape is going to pick that up. And you can get away with a few things in church that you can't get away with on wax. Okay. All right.
0: I'm glad that you clarified that because sometimes people don't understand that there's a difference. They figure I play in church. Well, why can't I be a session musician or why can't I be a, a live recording recording musician and you just explained that there is a difference and yes. you know tape doesn't lie <laughs> your that's ear true. your ear can miss something live you know you you know because people are all into the moment and stuff and somebody can play the wrong run what have you and in church that's fine but when you talk about putting something on a recording that's where it gets more specific that's correct so bridget I'm gonna come back to you about this. So you said you started touring with Ricky Dillard Mm -hmm. and you were learning. Tell me some of the tools you were taught to
2: become a solo artist. Well, um, when I went on the roll with Ricky, I didn't know anything um, as far as lead singing on a professional level and on the platforms that I was able to be on with Ricky and it was just it was amazing like he really really taught me how to be a lead singer he he trained me um I remember well him and my mother the first recording that we did It was, uh, what was it, It was More Abundantly. Hmm. And I did He Will Forgive. And I got full at the end of the song, so I was crying. Ricky grabbed me, he said, come on back over and sing this song and stop crying. (laughs) And if you have have the original uh, record, the, the LP, you can actually hear him saying that. And then once I got home, I was 15. But once I got home, my mother explained to me she said um you have to you have to get the message out you know to the people." And minister what God is giving you, and then you go ahead and get yours. She said, "But you can't break down in the middle of delivering a message." <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't know anybody. All I know is I felt, I felt God, I felt, I felt the Holy Spirit, and I, I just wanted to just cry and just be, you know, in that moment. But she was like, "No, you have to finish your delivery, and then you go ahead and you get yours." And I said, "Oh, wow." Wow. And that's the same now. You know, I can't I can't lead worship or, you know, um help uh the end of service with pastor and I'm over there and I'm supposed (laughs) to sing it. So you have to be able to you know, sometimes you just can't contain yourself. But there there are times where you just gotta let go and let God but um you know, I just have to make sure that I'm delivering the message, uh, the way that God wants me to, and then I'll, I'll go for mine. I'll go for broke. Their there days after after service, of back. I gotta get mine out in the corner. People going home, oh, but I'm in that corner because I gotta do my delivery. Then let me let me get mine. Let me get let me give me five minutes. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, I'm gonna ask you on air if we can do a part two at another date and time. You all think about it and let me know. But right now, I'm going to ask you to give me ways to get and give my audience ways to contact you in case they'd like to contact you for your services, even through your Be Ministries, Be Powerful Ministries. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well,
2: our email together is um, Be Powerful Ministries at gmail.com and we also have a website bepowerfulministries.com and that's just the letter B, not B-E but it's just the letter B powerful and um, you can reach us both there and we're on um, social media as well Facebook and Instagram everything is be powerful everything is be powerful I do have a personal website bridgethurt.com And I'm on social media as well, uh, under the same name. And Brian is under his name as well, Brian Hurt, all the social media. So we, you can reach us. Okay. He plays the drums, I sing, he us, Tell (laughs) us about your your latest release, Bridget. My latest release um, is I Love the Lord. I Love the Lord is doing very well, uh, arranged and produced by Kevin Bond, written by Richard Smallwood, and uh, My Liberty is Still Being Played, To God Be the Glory. Um, It's a remake of the Southeast Inspirational Choir with uh, Yolanda Adams on the lead. Uh, We redid that one last year, and uh, To God Be the Glory is still being played on the radio. Kevin Bond also arranged and produced that. And you can find us both at the Lighthouse Church of All Nations where our awesome and amazing pastor is Pastor Dan Willis, where we both serve in music ministry. He is the music director, I am the minister of music at the Lighthouse Church. And we have one service right now uh, on Sundays at 10 a.m. And we do stream and you can see us there. You can meet us there. And uh, we, we are having an amazing time. Is working in ministry together.
0: Well, that's great. Well, I want to thank both of my guests, Brian and Bridget Hurt, for participating in this segment on Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. These shows are to explore, record, and raise excitement about gospel music and its gold. I hope you, the audience, enjoy this episode as much as I have. Please send me an email sharing your thoughts about this show segment. Also, if you have suggestions of future guests uh, who you'd like to hear on the show, send an email to let's talk to gmg at gmail.com. That's let's talk the number two, gmg at gmail.com. I am your host and Sonia saying, let's sing, let's shout, and tell of the great news through gospel music gold. Until the next episode, take care and God bless. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. This episode has been sponsored by Nelsi IT. The disaster has happened. Everyone was caught off guard March 2020. And in many cases, there is now a rebuilding process which must take place. How does this affect you as a church leader or small business owner? With over 18 years of experience, NELCIT can help you create an emergency response and business continuity plan for your church or your small business. NELCIT will discuss methods of preparing you for the next emergency or disaster. Do you have a backup process to keep your church or business records safe? Well, NELSI IT can talk with you about building and reinforcing your technology security and record keeping. For more information, call 708-762-7125 or visit the website at www.NELSI2.com.